0: Episode 54, Rob Hampton is thinking outside of the box with his guitar courses.
1: The Online Course Guy Podcast.
0: Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it.
1: Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff? Check it out, it's a good course. It a good class. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Here's the Online Course Guy. Jack Hopkins.
0: Let's go, go, go. Hello, everyone. Jock Hopkins here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. Today on the show, I was joined by a fellow musician, Rob Hampton, who teaches guitar in his online courses at heartwoodguitar.com. And I say he teaches guitar. He's got a guitar course, which I'll talk a little more about, but he's also got another course, and that's what the title of this episode refers to and I'll get into that in a minute but for now let me tell you about today's sponsor and that's bonjoro.com I've been getting feedback emails people don't really understand necessarily what bonjoro is doing how it can help them look when people sign up for your online course most people you know when you when you're selling your online course you'll just have an automatic email set up to welcome people to the course and give them like login instructions. And that's definitely something you should be doing. I'm not saying to stop doing that. But if you want to add a more personal component to your onboarding, when somebody purchases your online course, that's what Bonjoro can do for you. It allows you to very, very easily send a short video to your new student welcoming them to the course. And it's just a much more personal way to do this in addition to a welcome email. Because, You can automate the welcome emails, but you can't automate this personalization. And sending these bonjouros, it doesn't scale, but I'm assuming you're not selling 100 copies of your course a day. If you were, it might be impossible to to send a bonjour to every single person. But if you're selling one course a day, two courses a day, one course a week, then maybe you can do this, and I recommend you do. You can get started with a free 14-day trial. Try it out for yourself. Head to bonjour.com slash shock. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O dot slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. All right, so Rob Hampton's main course is called Strum and Sing in 60 Days, so it teaches people to strum their guitar and be able to sing at the same time in 60 days. And that's where most of his course sales are coming from, and it's a moderate success. He You can, you can sense from hearing Tim talk in the episode that he does want to rethink that one a little bit, and hopefully generate some more sales there. But what's interesting is Rob's idea for his second course, that he was actually right in the middle of a launch for when I was talking to him on the interview. And the title of this episode is Rob Hampton is Thinking Outside the Box with His Guitar Courses. And what I mean by that is my favorite thing from this episode, and that's his idea for his second course. He wasn't just teaching people guitar. He's not just teaching people some advanced guitar trick or anything. He's thinking outside the box, and his second course is about how to make awesome recitals or concerts for your music students. So the the audience is music teachers and it's not just a general music teaching course. It's very, very specific. It's he, he was able to identify that. One of the biggest struggles with music teachers, and one of the things that can get students to stick around is by having just an awesome experience with the recitals. And so he created a course on how to do that. He And he also identified that he was great at that, and that's one of the reasons he's been so successful as a guitar teacher in person is because of his recitals, the way he puts them on. So he decided to make a course on that, and I just thought that was the most interesting just progression of how he got to a course topic, and like I said, he's in the middle of a launch right now for that. He sold a couple copies, and right after we got off the interview, he actually sold another copy, um, and I'm sure he sold several more during his initial launch. He doesn't have a big email list of like music teachers. Most of his people on his list are potential students of his, um, so I, I know he's just going to crush it with this new course as he gets more exposure to music teachers and not just people that want to learn music, or guitar. So that's my favorite thing from this episode. Let's go ahead and jump into the full conversation with Rob Hampton. So Rob, how long have you played guitar?
1: Uh, Boy, since I was 12, 14. So um, that's about 70 years. (laughs) Don't, (laughs) Don't lie already. I'm 45. So it, uh, so... Let's see here. I was an English major. Um, It's been a long time. And how long have you been teaching guitar? Um, I got started teaching, I guess, um, sort of late-ish, because I thought for most of my life, or my young life, I wanted to be a high school English teacher. So um, I started teaching in 2003, so 15 years of teaching. And when did you register heartwoodguitar.com? I think the same year, maybe 2004. Okay. Back in the wild, wild west of the internet. Yeah. And that didn't start out as an online course, right? No. That, that was, um, as my buddy uh, Yori um, put it, uh, who, who was, uh, did a podcast a while ago with you, um, the bagpipe teacher. It was just my business card starting out. Um, but you know, I didn't have a girlfriend, um, didn't have a whole lot going on in Seattle at that time. And, uh, I got kind of curious about SEO search engine optimization. And I also just wanted to kind of spread the love with this new job that I was discovering. I really liked teaching guitar. And so I started posting my core charts on Heartwood guitar and, um, I just continued to do that. Remember staying up a lot of late nights, uh, 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 converting Microsoft Word files to HTML and uploading them to my site. It was like all by hand. Um, didn't weren't a whole lot of tools out there for building websites like there are now, and um, and so I started attracting people beyond just you know folks in Seattle who wanted guitar lessons.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned chord charts. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. So. For starters, for the for people listening that maybe aren't into guitar or piano or music, can you explain what a chord chart is?
1: Yeah, so a chord chart is kind of like a cheat sheet for musicians. They're really popular with guitarists. There's this joke that there are musicians and then there are guitarists. We're kind of notorious for um, not really having a formal background, <laughs> and uh, which is kind of one of the things I like about guitar. You know, it's uh, something uh, you don't need to go to. School to learn necessarily because there are a lot of resources out there for folks who want to pick up the guitar, but you know, can't go to music school or, or, uh, just not interested in that, but they still want to connect with music, making music and, uh, and play music for other people. So the, the chord chart is a, um, basically, uh, lyrics of the song with the chords written above the lyrics at the approximate time, uh, when the chord changes in relation to the lyrics and that's about it for a normal chord chart. Although I've come up with some fabulous innovations that I think uh, are one of the reasons why Heartwood Guitar, although it, it, uh, you know, it just has like 700 chord charts, which pales in comparison to the big, um, the big websites out there. Um, people really like the charts because, uh, for example, they show how long the chord is supposed to be played before you switch to the next one, which is, uh, a big mystery for a lot of guitarists if they either you know are kind of beginners or they don't know the song very well.
0: Well, let's. I want to talk to you a little more off-air about that because you may not know this, but I teach at Piano in 21 Days with my piano course, I teach people piano through guitar chords. Oh, really? So I'd love to hear more about that. This is not a music-focused podcast necessarily, but that's really interesting that you've kind of innovated something that's very popular in chord charts. Cool. Awesome. All right. So you mentioned registering the domain as a business card, essentially much like you mentioned Yori did with the bagpipelessons.com who was on a few episodes ago. Yeah. Did you, I mean, how does that tie in with the core charts?
1: When did you start putting those on the website? Um, boy, I don't remember six months or a year after I started the website. It's just like, you know, to, I remember it being like every night, I didn't have any friends, uh, didn't have anything else to do. I look at my website and I go, you know, I'm going to stick another page on this thing. And I kind of, I'm this sort of strange musician who also loves to like tinker with you know, code even though, you know, I I don't I've never really formally learned it or anything. But I just, I loved filling with that stuff when I was a Little kid, my dad got an Apple II, e, and uh, I learned how to like program a, a funny little game in BASIC. So anyway, I'm just I'm sort of weird uh, musician who also likes computers. Kind of rare among our people.
0: Well, I'm gonna get to the you know the first online course that you made in a minute, but I want to ask you just a couple more questions about these chord charts. And yeah. next would be related to your Alexa rating. Are you familiar with an Alexa rating?
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't looked at it in a while. Is that still a thing?
0: It, it is, relatively. Um, I like to just do, use it as a as a broad measure of just how popular a website is. Yeah, yeah. Right. And also, it gives you a few other analytical things like top keyword search terms. You know what country people are visiting your site. Yeah. And uh, so, for the people listening to this that want to check out their sites Alexa Rank, you just go to Alexa.com and you type in your uh, address, your domain, and it pops out. And uh, I'm I'm sh- I was struck by a couple of things when I saw your Alexa rating. First of all, you have a f- very high overall rating or, or low, whatever you want <laughs> to call it. You're very <laughs> very, very, very popular website. Um, so for example, like Google would be number one or Facebook or whatever. Th- uh-huh. Those would be the top two. You are 133,000th. Awesome. That is the, you have that's the 100. Yeah. You have 133,000th most popular website on the planet. And yeah. that's definitely something to be proud of. Just to give you uh, you know, a, a, another example, my site, piano in 21 dayscom which I would say is Fairly popular is eight hundred sixty
1: thousand hmm. thousandth, which and you would think that I would be getting about seven times the revenue that you are. That is not the case.
0: <laughs> well, I, I've got some tips for you to uh, to increase that, but you know the I think the part of it. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're getting a ton of traffic ton of that traffic is from people looking for free chord charts. Yeah. And when I scroll down a little bit on this Alexa page, it shows the top five keyword search terms. And the first one is country roads chords, comfortably numb chords, wonderwall chords, wagon wheel chords, all star chords. Yeah. So are you finding that most of your traffic is looking for chords? Totally. Yeah. Vast majority. Do those ever convert to core sales?
1: Um, yes, at a very small rate, you know, as, as you know, um, when you are trying to attract leads for your online course, you want the lead magnet or whatever you're offering to try to draw people in to align with what you're offering in your premium product, right? Right so that you're attracting the right kind of customer. I created the, um, so I do, I have a couple online courses. Um, The uh, Guitar Crash Course, which I've renamed, Learn How to Strum and Sing in 60 Days. Um, That one is for beginning guitarists. Even guitarists who have never touched the guitar before and never studied any music before. And um, as you can imagine, someone searching for country roads chords does not match that description. They may be just starting out and are curious to see, wow, maybe I could actually play a John Denver song. Maybe I'm ready for that. And then they find out that they're not, that coordinating strumming and singing is actually really hard and they need some help. So they, they would be a potential customer for my online course. But the vast majority of people who... Uh, come to my site are too advanced to take advantage of the crash course. And um, if I were to do it again, um, I would create a course that would better match my typical visitor. But at the time I made the crash course, I had no idea what I was doing other than knowing how to teach a beginner really well, which is really still, I feel like, Um, if I had a superpower, that's what it would be in my business. I really know how to teach people one-on-one really well, especially beginners or, you know, adults who were told they were tone deaf and want help with their singing. Um, the, the everyday people who struggle with everyday things with music, I've been really successful getting them to be very successful and getting up on stage and and having a blast performing and making honestly good music. So um, that's the stuff I'm good at. And I think it translated very well to my course, but I knew nothing about marketing or just choosing the right kind of product to go with. So I'm going to, I'm going to rebrand that and and, uh, uh, totally change up the pricing and everything on that course. But uh, I'm in the middle of launching um, a whole other course for, music teachers that I've created since I studied up on, you know, digital marketing. Excellent. So look, I, I want to take
0: a deep dive into your two courses here. I just have one more question about these chord charts though. Totally. And that is why, like what's, what's the benefit to you personally for having all these chord charts up on your site?
1: Well, at first, um, it was uh, something to fill the huge, gaping, smoking crater in my heart of uh, not knowing many people in Seattle. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of joking. It wasn't that bad. But um, uh, I did spend a lot of time in front of the computer back then. Um, I wanted to spread the love because I was I was falling in love with my job, really. Um, at that time, I had come out of... Uh, three years of teaching high school English and totally burned out and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I I really thought I wanted to be a lifelong uh, English teacher. Um, I had some great English teachers in high school who inspired me and I wanted to give back. And so when I discovered music teaching, a couple wonderful things were happening. One was I'm like, okay, I could, I'm actually really good at this. And I never really felt like I was good at teaching in the classroom. And, um, And I was able to inspire people and, and give them like great emotional, powerful experiences, which is kind of what I wanted to do teaching in high school, but it's hard to do that, you know, with jaded high schoolers, many of whom don't want to be there. Um, and so that was really cool. And, um, yeah, so I, and so I just wanted to spread the love. You know, my, my goal from day one with teaching music was to spread joy through teaching music. I didn't put words to it until later, but that's what it was. And so putting out chord charts is just like helping other people do it. And it also boosted my SEO ranking, my search engine optimization. The more uh, good content you have on your site, the more people will link to it, the more interest they'll show in it when they click on links from Google, the more boost Google will give you um, so that you can rise in search terms for both country roads, chords, but also Seattle guitar lessons. And so about, I don't know, a year or two after I started posting charts, um, I started getting a fire hose of new students through my site because... You know, this was the wild, wild west of WWW. And um, not a lot of people were really aware of search engine optimization. And so pretty quickly, I rose to number one for Seattle Guitar Lessons. And um, at that time, there weren't a lot of other online sites that um, provided, you know, uh, reviews of local guitar teachers. So whereas now people might go to Yelp or Facebook, Um, you know, and ask their friends, anyone know a good music teacher? At that time, a lot of people were just Googling Seattle guitar lessons. And I would come up number one, and they would get in touch with me. And that was happening several times a week um, for quite a while, around 2004, 2005, and got to be where I got, I I don't know, 60 or 70 people on my waiting list. And I just now got to the end of it because I've raised my rates about 3 Or four times the highest, three times the highest rate of uh, anyone else I've heard of in Seattle. Pretty much.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that if you are, you know, start to rank for a certain search term, then that can bring up your ranking for other terms, even though you're not necessarily trying to rank for those terms. And it sounds like that's what happened with your chord charts. Eventually, Mm -hmm. ranking for terms like Seattle guitar lessons. Yeah, secondhand authority from all those chord charts. Beautiful. All right. Let's, let's talk courses, man. All right. So All right. S- strum and sing in 60 days, which was, which is the rebranded version of your crash course. Right. When did you first get the idea for that?
1: Oh, man. Roughly, roughly ancient history. So yeah, I think, I think it was probably like uh, 2014, 2013, somewhere along, along there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So four or five years ago, non-ancient history. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are the steps that you took f- to go from idea to actually launching your first course?
1: Mm-hmm. One big mistake was making babies. Um, they are not a mistake, but uh, that did uh, severely hamper my ability to make the course. It took me three years to make that course. Um, so uh, boy, it, it's hard to remember now, but um uh, yeah, came up with the idea of helping total beginners because I saw that there was a need for that in the market. One of the many pieces of advice that I stumbled upon since I made that course was that it's relatively hard um, to uh, find a new market for something. That if you see a lot of competition out there online, that's actually in general a good sign. That um, you know, you you kind of gotta get a lottery ticket. To discover a new market for something, at least that—that's what I've heard, and um, I think that was true of the Crash Course. I think it's hard to find total beginners who want to pay for a, an online course. This is all making it sound like I don't sell the course much. I do. It's actually been a great—I've gotten a great return on the investment. But um, I feel like with you know ten or twelve thousand visitors a day to Hartwood Guitar, um, if I had really chosen the right product, I'd be getting more conversions than I do. What's the right product? Well, I'm not telling. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I haven't totally thought that out yet because, uh, you know, it's a, it's an it, It's a careful intersection between the things that I'm really good at and the things the visitors want. Um, Probably it would be just an intermediate, like how to rock a rock blues or country song, you know? Um, But uh, there there are careful calculations that us music teachers need to make because of copyright, right? I mean, I think the perfect product would be, here's how to play these awesome, super popular songs. And uh, if you love my teaching style, you'll love learning these songs from me. Unfortunately, that is almost completely unfeasible for people in my situation, a.k.a. I don't have an army of lawyers to secure the licensing for those songs. Gotcha. So have you successfully taught a lot of people
0: through your online course to strum and sing in 60 days? Yeah, totally. People love it.
1: Yeah. Um, It's a little hard to be in touch with them because um, right now I think the course is attracting a demographic that is not very engaged online. I think I could be doing, you know, better things to engage with them. It's kind of hard to get feedback um, from folks who uh, you're selling a course to when the course is pretty cheap. And I think I sell the course pretty cheap. It's 20 bucks a month uh, of uh, access to it. I, I used a subscription model, which I won't be using when I rebrand it. I'll just sell it all in one de- deal because it's uh, all it a flat rate for lifetime access um, because it's confusing to people to sell a product that isn't going to be continuously updated or added to uh, it's confusing to them. If you have a subscription model with that, I found um, so yeah. So people are are getting the course for, I think I think it's a great deal, but it tends to attract people who are looking for a bargain and those folks uh, tend to be less engaged and I think uh, a little less motivated. Although I gotta say, that being said, people tend to love it, and I do get great feedback from it. I just got an email today from someone who's gushing about it. So great to hear! Yeah, that is great. So, are you running any paid ads? Um, not to the Crash Course because uh, I don't. I'm not good enough at ads to uh, to get a return on investment on that. In the in the other course, the the other course that I just launched is uh, 300 bucks for lifetime access instead of 20 bucks a month. And so, you know, it's, it's easier to, uh, to make a profit running ads on a product like that. Yeah. Are you running ads to the newer course? Yes. I'm running ads to a lead magnet, which takes people through a sales funnel that, um, eventually dumps them out on a sales page. Excellent. So tell me about the new course and how the launch is going. Cool. Yeah, so this new course is actually for music teachers. I've kind of um, uh, d- consolidated my online teaching into two different businesses now. One is on heartwoodguitar.com serving guitar let's call them students, mostly beginning and intermediate uh, beginning and intermediate guitarists. Um, and then the other business on greatestgig.com is helping music teachers inspire their students and grow their business. So it's both business and, uh, education advice, um, and support on that site. So the new online course is for music teachers. I'm selling it off greatestgig.com, And, um, so I, I've, I just launched that about a year and a half ago that, that website. And, um, it uh, grew out of um, – I, I was inspired to do it because I wrote a book called Rob's Totally Awesome Guitar Teaching Handbook back in 2009, I think. It was just a funky little PDF that I sold for $30. Bucks. Um, and, uh, and and that was immensely rewarding. Um, it sold steadily. I've sold close to 1,000 copies now. Um, and, and I, almost all of that is profit, you know, um, uh, you just get a little dinged a little bit from, from PayPal or whatever. Um, but I keep most of that. And so it's been a great source of revenue and more importantly, it's connected me to me, me to this, uh, this community of music teachers that, um, I just love serving. I love helping other music teachers. I think in general, Teaching music just attracts really wonderful people. Um, it, they're kind of hard to sell to. I'm finding, um, and so that that's a challenge. But um, but it's just tremendously rewarding uh, connecting with those people and building a community around me of people who share share my values. You know, who just want to spread the love and and help people connect with music. It's such it's such noble work. You know, so. Um, it, I wanted to make a course for music teachers and I wanted to start greatest gig because I was thinking about just what, what would be a really fun project for me. Um, in addition to something that I thought could bring in good revenue because I'm supporting a family of five now. Um, and so that is a critical component, but um, uh, yeah, I wanted to work with music teachers and I thought, well, what's the best thing I could offer them. So I, I've got a mailing list of, uh, of about, I, at the time it was about 1200 music teachers, most of whom had bought my book and I surveyed them about, uh, what their biggest challenges were. I think I heard you mention this, that you, uh, at some point you asked that question with your, um, on your mailing list or, uh, at, at some point, um, in your communication with your potential customers. And so, yeah, I just asked what my biggest, what your, what's your biggest challenge right now. And I, uh, uh, added up all the data. And the main pain points were, how do I attract new students? How do I keep the students I have? How to, do I get my students to practice? How do I get them to care about music? How do I make a decent living? And I thought, well, what what's a course I could make that would uh, most effectively address all those issues? And is something that I know a lot about and I'm good at. And I mean, the answer was just staring me right in the face because I do something with my business that does all those things. In fact, it, it, like, it makes most of those things a complete non-issue. And it's my student concerts. I've developed these concerts that started just as this funky uh, open mic thing. Back in 2003, and I quickly saw that those weren't really serving my students very well. They were, you know, more relaxed than a student recital, like a kind of a stereotypical recital of like, you know, tense piano student in a silent auditorium, just sweating it up there, hoping that Mary had a little lamb isn't going to turn into a train wreck and they're going to be humiliated in front of all these people. Um, It wasn't that kind of pressure. But, um, you know, I had a student throws acoustic guitar to the stage at the end of one of his songs. Cause, um, he was so nervous and, uh, I didn't really prepare him uh, enough that, uh, his, his hand froze up. He's a beginning finger stylist and, and his hand wouldn't work. And he stumbled his way through the song and then threw down his acoustic guitar. So, you know, it's kind of a worst case scenario, but, um, but I realized I wanted to offer my students something better and, and I've got my concerts to the point now to where I've, I've realized that um, great stage experiences is actually um, something that almost all music, aspiring musicians, people who sign up for music lessons, they have this deep desire for that. That's really um, a primary motivator for getting into music, but it's, it's, it's an invisible Desire to a great extent because few people want to admit that they want to, you know, shoot that high. Um, A lot of people don't really think that they're capable of truly entertaining an audience. Um, They're either shy or they just don't know if they've got what it takes to play music, you know. That our students come to us, our, our beginners anyway, with lots of questions and insecurities and doubts and. They're just trying to dabble in something and seeing if maybe it'll work out for them. But boy, if, if you ask, if you really find out what they daydream about, it's, it's like, it may not be like being a rock star, but it's connecting with people powerfully through music. And so I figured out uh, a system, a formula for um, preparing students, organizing shows, um, uh, collaborating with other teachers is a big part of it. Um, and and there are just a few other enhancements I do with my shows that consistently gets even total beginners having great experiences on stage. And once that happens, uh, you know the the kids who are like dragging their feet coming to the lessons, um, light up uh, at their next lesson. They're excited to talk about the next song they're going to perform. The adults who are like weekend warriors who have busy day jobs get to have this rock star experience on stage that they never thought was possible. Uh, we support even beginners making great music, and that gives them that experience of connection with the audience that they didn't think was possible. Most music teachers, I don't think, think is possible for for many years of study. So that's what the course is about.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. It's totally awesome. That <laughs> totally awesome. Uh, let's see. It's called Totally Awesome Recitals, right? That's the name of the course. Yep. That yeah. you ended up making a course on this topic because you know you've been in guitar for for so long, and the natural inclination when you want to make an online course is okay, I'm going to teach people guitar. And in your case, it's like okay, I'm going to teach people to strum and to sing in 60 days. That's that's the that's the easy route. No offense, because eventually you made this second course, a- and there's got to be hundreds, if not thousands, of similar guitar courses to to the crash course. But how many different um, have better recitals targeted at, at guitar teachers. How many courses like this even exist? Are there more than one now?
1: Um, I have never seen anything um, about how to give good student concerts. Um, I'm sure there's stuff out there, you know, embedded in larger programs, but it's just not highlighted. Um the way I have, um, I've never seen anything more than a, a like, you know, a, 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 a frumpy website published in 1999 with animated GIFs all over it with a turquoise background telling you, you know, to like, you, use, use some horrible font in your program. <laughs> yeah. The bar is set pretty low for student concerts out there. Excellent. So uh, help me with one disconnect
0: here because you mentioned you, you created greatestgig.com about a year and a half ago. Yeah. But I know you're going through kind of a launch of the Totally Awesome Recitals right now. Right. Has this been available before? Nope. Took me a year and a half to make. Okay. So the website launched
1: a year and a half ago. Yeah. 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 Course is just now available. That's right. Yeah. And the, you know, I was trying to do things the right way, um, where, the website, uh, you know, was offering a lot of free stuff, which I love offering anyway, spreading the love. Um, but they were also set up as lead magnets to build my mailing list, so that eventually I could sell this product that I was planning on selling down the road. So sounds like a good plan, right? It does. <laughs> it does. How's the launch going? Um, it is going uh well in the sense that I am learning a lot um, I know Jacques, I know that your podcast here is supposed to be full of inspirational stories and I um, uh, you know I'm in no place to give you business advice but if you can have a little bl- brand flexibility, people also love to hear about a train wreck um, I'm being dramatic again because it's not a train wreck, but I've not sold as many courses as I had hoped. And um, my big takeaway has been that I had a cold mailing list. And I knew I wasn't supposed to let my mailing list go cold. I just didn't appreciate the degree to which um, music teachers who last year when I, I kind of vetted this product when I, I uh, had this like proof of concept process. um, Even, even pre-selling the course, i pre-sold the course to about eight music teachers, wonderful people who invested in it, sight unseen and have been my beta testers this past year. Um, Back, back then it really felt like I had a lot of people clamoring for this product. Um, And I, And I I think I probably read that correctly, but I just didn't appreciate how, you know, a year, uh, a little over a year later, um, these same potential customers, these same people who I wanted to help, um, who previously were like, yeah, Rob, that sounds awesome, man. Can't wait. Now they're like, oh, yeah, Rob. Hi. Yeah. Oh, great to see you. Yeah. I remember you oh yeah that that recital course yeah that that's really cool, yeah, boy, well, anyway, I gotta go. I got a bunch of lessons, you know that's kind of the the response i've I've uh gotten so far, and um uh I guess I just really appreciate the degree to which you should not let your mailing list go cold and i you know I wanted to to keep sending people. Regular content, but um, I think I've only learned relatively recently um, how to do it efficiently. In fact, I really just have finally a strategy to do that. And I just, you know, I'm going to, I've got my hands full right now launching, but I'm going to put that into action as soon as I finish the launch and hopefully get some of those people um, back to where they're engaged um, and used to opening up my emails. But um, it'll certainly serve me better, I think, going forward. And I'm well, planning on relaunching this course again and again. I want to. It's. I think it's a fabulous course, and I keep wanting to make it better. I just need to get it in front of people's eyeballs. Yeah, I think it's a great idea, and you're just you're just starting out with this this idea, and you've
0: got the experience you need to make it um, make it a, a wild success. I think calling the first launch train train wreck is not uh, doing it much
1: justice. Yeah, and I'm I'm getting sales. It's cool. It's just yeah, uh, good. I well, my my wife uh, isn't going to get her new wardrobe quite yet.
0: <laughs> well, I think one of the big takeaways, Rob, and this is you know I've definitely struggled with this. A lot of people struggle with this. Is you've got to manage your expectations because you hear so many on on big podcasts and various places. You hear so many success stories where people just on their first launch they you know, overnight made $100,000 or $500,000. And for whatever reason, we think that we're just going to flip a a switch and the same thing is going to happen for us. And online courses are not always as glamorous as they might seem. So what I tell people is, you know, let's let's shoot for one sale. You know, once you get one sale on your course, let's celebrate that. And then let's turn that one into two and then two into three, right? Especially when you're launching of course, for the first time, you can't expect to make 10 sales or 20 sales or 50 sales. Maybe it'll happen, but you just can't expect that.
1: Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and at least I've gotten to the point now in my online marketing to get very used to having my expectations, uh, uh, being dashed or just, you know, something very different happening. Um, there's a reason why people, you know, and who do like a lot of AB testing say, test it, you know, you you get on these, like, you know, how to run paid advertising. And practically the whole show is test it, test it, test it, test it. It's like, when are you going to tell me something concrete? You know, And they're like, you know, it's hard to because um, until you test it with your audience, you really don't know for sure if something's going to work or not. And so, my take home with that is uh, to be nimble, be tough, um, and don't spend a year and a half or three years creating a product. That's something I'm, I'm still learning how to do. But, hey, I cut, cut my uh, development time by 50% with this last course. But, <laughs> uh, but, but the minimum viable product is a great, great uh, strategy to have uh, in this line of work because you really just never know before you put it out there. Uh, what it's going to take for it to be a success and to get in front of a lot of people so one of the things that struck me most, especially visiting
0: like the sales page for totally awesome recitals is is it's just really really well laid out it 's a great sales page really high quality video and all that like how how did somebody i mean you mentioned you
1: had no marketing experience. How did you do all this? Did you outsource it? No, I did it all myself and um so uh the short answer is I finally found out the uh what to google in order to find um the resources I needed to learn about digital marketing and I also my family moved uh north of Seattle about 45 minutes and so suddenly I had a commute into Seattle um and so uh, those two things coincided, and so I started binge listening to online marketing podcasts: Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield, um, uh, Rick Moretti. I just like binge listened to these shows for two years, and eventually learned how to write what I think is decent sales copy, how to make a decent sales video, and then um, and design has always been really important to me and. Um, I, I at least know when something is really ugly. And so um, although I don't think of myself as good at design at all, I do a lot of uh, just trial and error, making thing, trying to make things look pretty. Um, so the degree to which that sales page looks well-designed and probably any designer would like projectile vomit if I even suggested that. Um, uh, I did a lot of just tweaking when probably I should have been keeping my mailing list warm because you don't need something really pretty to sell something. But um, that's just a personal uh, hang-up I have that I don't want the stuff I put out there to look like I just tossed it out there because I don't. I put ton of work into the materials I make and I want it to look beautiful.
0: Well, I think it, it does look great. And even you know down to your the video quality that I've seen just the lighting and the audio and everything is just top notch. And I think that, you know, if we, if we have you on the podcast in the future, I think you're going to, you're not going to be calling this new course, a train wreck.
1: <laughs> I don't think so either. And that, so that makes two of us Good. Let's turn two into three. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I like it. So what, what, uh,
0: what, you know, software did you use to build your, you know, greatest gig and the sales page I'm looking at right now?
1: Yeah. So I, I found there's so many more resources out there than there were when I was creating the crash course. I mean, the crash course, it it feels like IBM to me now, you know, it's this huge lumbering company that just can't, it, it, you know, it's like a, a container ship. Um, uh, uh, and, and I will, I will, um, I will update the tools I'm using and everything, but it's going to be hard. So with greatest gig, I found thrive themes, which is, are you familiar with them? Very. Yeah. They are awesome. God, they, they offer such a great product. So I got one of their themes. It has great um, tools for building pages uh, where, you know, you're selling online stuff. Um, and then I use convert for my mailing list. They're expensive, but worth it for me. Um, Sam Cart for my checkout page. Uh, I hired this like Russian design little team through Upwork to, um, I, I use basically the proceeds of, of my uh, presale to hire them to come up with a color scheme and font scheme for me. I felt like, you know, if they could just do that for me, I could probably do the rest and make the site and the course look decent. And that was the case. Um, And what are you using for your membership site? And then I use um, wishlist member uh, plugin, which is wonderful. I use, I, I, nothing like that was really available or they were just like, they were just like, you know, version 0.5 when I was launching the other course. So, oh my gosh, it's so much easier than what I'm using on Heartwood Guitar. Um, It's really a great plugin. Good. All right, Rob. So, what advice do you have somebody that's just getting started?
0: They have an idea for their online course. They're ready to hit it. What advice do you have?
1: Don't do what I did. No, Um, I I thought you were going to say, "Don't do it." (laughs) No, it is so fun. You know, um, if I didn't have um, my three little boys uh, to support, um, I would say, you know, I'd I would do this even if it didn't make me a cent. Um, Definitely, your priorities change when you have a family. But um, it's super fun. So what advice would I have? Um, um, So don't let your list grow cold. If you're having a hard time keeping up with developing content, um, try out my untested but I think pretty awesome strategy that I have in mind, which is um, I'm decent on video. So, um, you know, if this sounds attractive to people, 30 one minute videos, teaching your audience a quick, concise, valuable tip, um, geared toward, you know, the kind of audience that you want to eventually sell your product to and, you know, send that out once a week. You could batch all of those in a day or two. And, you know, if I had those $2,000 back for my pre-buyers, I would have used it to cancel lessons for a few days and make that thing. It would have been more valuable than spending it on design. Um, So uh,
0: keep your list warm. Great. Anything else you want to share with the audience?
1: Thanks for listening. I hope I hope all you folks who are expecting to get inspired don't all get bummed out and and yeah, don't don't quit the podcast. It'll be something more cheerful next time. <laughs> well Rob, I think you
0: know you're you're doing what you love. You know, you obviously you also teach in person lessons and everything, but your uh your courses have not been a, a flop. They're they're really well put
1: together and you're making sales, if not every day, almost every day. And it's, uh it's really pretty freaking awesome actually. I just like being dramatic cuz it makes a better story. <laughs> <laughs> so say
0: say give me a couple of good things about having online courses right now.
1: All right. Um man, be connecting connecting with your audience if you have like a community component or if you just have a mailing list where you're getting feedback. Um working for people who you honestly want to help. And I think that should be an important component in deciding, you know, how you want to make your money. You know, you should be doing good in the world, whatever you do. Um, that for me is a given and connecting with those people who you want to help and, and hearing their gratitude and hearing their stories of how you've helped people like, uh, My friend Donna, who I just encouraged to raise her rates 20 bucks because she hadn't raised her rates for a long time and coached her how to do it without dismaying her students. And she wrote back to me and she's like, I just did it. I can't believe it. I'm making like 25% more income suddenly in my business and my students are fine with it. You know, changing people's lives like that is hugely, hugely rewarding. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Uh, to wrap things
0: up, just remind people where they can find your stuff online.
1: Yeah. Well, if you want to play guitar, heartwithguitar.com. And if you're a music teacher who is interested in uh, just spreading joy through teaching music and you want to get some tips from an experienced teacher, I got a master's in education. I, that's what I studied. And um, I love sharing what I've learned. Uh, about teaching, and also about running your business. That's on greatestgig.com. Thanks, Rob. Sure thing. That is going
0: to do it for episode number 54. You can find all the details, show notes, and links from today's episode by visiting theonlinecourseguy.com slash 54. Don't forget to check out Bonjoro, which is our sponsor of today's podcast. You can get a 14-day free trial of Bonjoro by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques, and you can get my free online course workshop by going to theonlinecourseguy.com. That is going to teach you the only three things that you need to be focusing on to have a successful and profitable online course, among other things. And stay tuned for episode 55 coming your way shortly, where I talk to Susie Parker, who has an online course on how to get your baby to sleep.